Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Well, welcome to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's news talk radio, TNT. We're in a pickle because we have no idea what the truth is. Moreover, we have no idea how to go about finding out what the truth is. We've got people like Nikki Haley wanting to make sure that everyone has their name on their social media profile. And, you know, I'm, we've gone from when I got my first Social Security card when I was a boy in bright red letters it, on the back, it said not to be used for identification purposes. Actually, I think it said it on the front, not to be used for identification purposes. Fast forward to 1989, when I went to switch my New York driver's license over a Massachusetts driver's license, and I saw a sign on the back wall that said, if you don't want to use your social security number as your driver's license number, please request an S number. This blew me away. Because again, I still had my social security card from when I was a boy in my wallet. And it said not to be used for identification purposes. In here, Massachusetts in 1989, the automatic opt-in was to use your social security number. And they wonder why there's identity theft. If somebody steals your wallet, now they've got your social security number too. Sure, here. Take my entire credit history, why don't you? Why don't you, you know, why doesn't Massachusetts ask me to put all my passwords and my PIN codes on the driver's license as well? So, of course, I asked for an S number. The problem is that most people, I wouldn't have known. I saw that sign, and I guarantee you most people never noticed that sign. And the agent didn't ask whether I would like an S number. The agent seemed kind of ticked off that I requested an S number. Oh, he's one of those. Yeah, I am one of those. Excuse me for not wanting my entire financial record to be available to anybody that steals my wallet. So we've gone from that to now and, you know, the, just the arrogance of Nikki Haley. I want their name. You know, I want it to be their first name and their last name. I, 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 I. Everything is I with Nikki Haley. She even spells her first name with an I. Two I's, Nikki and I, KKI. There's a lot of I in Nikki. And then you've got the Trusted News Initiative, and you've got CIA, and you've got Mossad, and you've got Five Eyes, and you've got all these government organizations running psyops on us. You've got IP3 coming out of Israel. Check that out if you haven't heard of that, IP3. You've got good guys running psyops, you know, good guys meaning people that actually are arguing in favor of less regulation of more freedom of constitutional protections etc but even they're running psyops 
You've got bad guys running psyops. I've got one friend who's still convinced that Donald Trump is on a covert mission to destroy the Republican Party. And I spoke to her last night. And she said, what would you do differently? If you wanted to destroy the Republican Party, what would you do differently? You've got MAGA fighting the GOPE. You've got Kevin McCarthy selling out the country to the Democrats. You've got the Freedom Caucus trying to stop all that. She said the party's in disarray. Love them or hate them. You got to admire the Democrats. They all point in the same direction. And they all say the same thing at the same time. And if they don't, they don't even tolerate a millimeter's worth of deviance from the official narrative. So if you step out of line with the Democrats, get under the bus where you belong. You got to admire that kind of unity. But the thing is, we don't want unity just for unity's sake. We want unity for the sake of the Constitution. But we're in a pickle because we don't have access to official documents and secrets. How are we supposed to know what's real and what's a PSYOP? I don't have the answer. I'm just asking the question and pointing out the problem. It's a real problem. And, and we need to work long term on addressing this. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. The inaugural Conference of Australians for Science and Freedom brings together thinkers and community leaders to share learnings, formulate plans, and help establish new and emerging networks and organizations to restore a thriving Australian society founded on science and freedom. Join the exciting lineup of health professionals, scientists, economists, lawyers, journalists, and community leaders to discuss a range of hot issues, including healthcare policy, democracy and human rights, education, the media, and the role of grassroots organizations. The Australians for Science and Freedom Conference will be held at the University of New South Wales, High Street, Kensington, New South Wales, from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, 18th November, and 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday the 19th. Plus, TNT Radio will be broadcasting from the conference. Tickets available now at scienceandfreedom.org. Stream us anywhere. I listen on Alexa. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. In officially denying the Democratic National Committee's new primary calendar, the New Hampshire Secretary of State announced today that the state will hold its primary election on January 23rd, 2024, 11 days ahead of South Carolina. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Burn, South Carolina, burn. Uh, that's a, like, you know, they, they, it was a burn. I'm not saying that the state should burn, uh, meaning they got dissed. Um, first of all, full transparency, true story. I was born and raised in New Hampshire, uh, yeah, as we might say out there, the Granite State. Um, but this is pretty cool. Uh, so I am personally happy to hear this. Uh, I do stand by this decision. Uh, this move preserves the live free or die state's century old standing as hosting the first primary election in the nation and is an official answer to months worth of promises by New Hampshire officials, both Democrats and Republicans, that it will not comply with the DNC's move to bump it to second place. Uh, New Hampshire Secretary of State David Scanlon said in a press conference today or wait yesterday wait 
recently, I think it was today, actually, uh, quote, we did not take the first in the nation primary from everyone and we will vigorously defend it, end quote. He emphatically disputed the DNC's claim that New Hampshire is not diverse enough to lead off the country in choosing the president and that South Carolina is a truer representation of Americans. He said, quote, the truth is there is no individual state to truly reflect the makeup of America and no state is more American than any other state. End quote. He pointed to a nearby civil uh, civil war flag that commemorated fallen soldiers from New Hampshire, noting that it included 125 black soldiers. Mr. Scanlon commented about a statement from a former DNC chairman that New Hampshire residents don't know what it's like to live on a dirt road. I lived on a dirt road personally, by the way. Anyways, uh, Scanlon jested, quote, the answer to that, of course, we do. We do know how to live on a dirt road. Uh, and I would add, quote, you cannot truly appreciate living on a dirt road until you have experienced it during New Hampshire's mud season, end quote. I would agree with that. Mr. New Hampshire, uh, let's see, that was Mr. Scanlon there. Uh, so check it out, though, on uh, as it were, New Hampshire does have some uncommon attributes uh, besides not having a seatbelt law or a helmet law for adults. It is one of only five states without a sales tax and one of only nine states without an income tax. It also remains the only Republican run state out of the six states that make up New England, although its representatives in Washington are all Democrats. It is also home to the Free State Project, a grassroots movement of libertarians who are uplifting from where they are and moving to New Hampshire to protect its limited government status. New Hampshire takes its first in the nation primary rank so seriously that there is a large plaque commemorating it outside the state library near the Capitol. In addition to preserving tradition, Mr. Scanlon also pointed out that under New Hampshire law, the state must hold its presidential primary at least seven days before any other state primary. That's how serious it is. They made it a law. Governor Chris Sununu, who also spoke at the press conference, emphasized that New Hampshire is also one of few states where anyone can run for president by simply filing paperwork. He described New Hampshire's primary status as, quote unquote, the first filter for the rest of the country and that it was the DNC, not the state, that tried to change that. He said, quote, we haven't changed one thing, end quote. According to Mr. Scanlon, there are currently 21 Democrat candidates and 20 Republicans registered to run in New Hampshire's primaries. Mr. Scanlon said that the DNC's claim of needing a more diverse state to lead off the nation's primary season, quote, is not the real issue, end quote, but instead the quote unquote party elites of the DNC controlling who is the nominee. Now, there's an interesting theory, Timothy. What do you think about all of this? Well, first of all, I think it's fantastic. Okay. How racist is the DNC to say, sorry, New Hampshire, you're a little too white. You know, these people have been watching too much TV where if you've noticed, Adam, white people are a distinct minority and no white person is ever married to another white person and none of them have white children. Just saying, it's a constant bombardment. I get texts all the time. I'm watching such and such on HBO. I'm watching such and such on Paramount Plus. I'm watching such and such on Netflix. And this is what I'm seeing. And these are the ads. And I'm, it's a constant bombardment. It's like, yeah, what do you want me to do about it? 
I don't work for an ad agency. This is what's happening. This is the world we live in. And, you know, Democrat Party is as racist as it is old. I mean, it goes back to uh, the early 1800s when it was pro-slavery all the way through. And then it was against the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. It was against uh, integration of the military. It was for Jim Crow. It's literally the party of the KKK. So am I surprised that the Democrats are being this racist? Of course not. We've, they've, got, they've got a putative president who is one of the most racist members of the United States Senate. He's literally the father of the 1994 crime bill that put an unbelievable number of black men in prison for selling weed. And that doesn't surprise me. Am I surprised by how tone deaf they are thinking that New Hampshireites aren't poor? Are you kidding me? A lot of poor people in New Hampshire. In fact, without an income tax, the state has to do some pretty creative revenue enhancement in order to be able to meet its social obligations to its residents. And to say that they're not black, go to Portsmouth. You know, you go to go to Concord, go to Manchester. Uh, black folks I know up there won't be too happy to hear that there aren't any black people in Manchester. And one final thing, let me translate for those that don't know New England too well. Mud season is known elsewhere as spring. But in New England, you get summer, you get autumn, you get winter, and you get mud season because three uh, spring is about three and a half weeks of 35 degree rain sleet mixture and that's pretty much all you get for spring and you know mud up to your ankles if you're lucky adam yeah uh it does make for some interesting times um also i mean a lot of the uh one of the uh the drawing tourism things for that part of uh, new england as well as others up there uh, they like to come around the fall people like to travel and come by and look at all the pretty colored leaves that are on the trees as they're changing colors we used to call them leaf peepas right leaf peepas here they come to peep at the leaves right uh but the thing is like sure they're beautiful for a couple days but then all of those leaves fall on the ground and you have to pick them up and that is not a simple task so uh, I'll, I'll never forget that but yeah the mud terrible i lived on uh, the end of a long dirt road i had to walk down this long dirt road which was during mud season a long mud road just to get to a bus stop where the bus would actually travel to to pick us up for school it was horrible and it was uphill both ways wasn't it yeah probably when i tell my grandkids one day right exactly exactly and there's one positive note though adam all those leaves that fall that's called biomass that's carbon capture that's trees doing what trees do so making oxygen and capturing carbon and returning it uh, to the soil so it can be used by other plants in future uh you know everything on the left is fakakta and it should be no surprise that they're playing these games with their primaries as well in good on new hampshire for making it a state law that we're going to be first it's tradition and not only is new hampshire first but the tradition is little tiny dixville locks Dick, dixville notch way up on the canadian border they've got 12 citizens and so they always report live they vote at midnight right the strike of midnight opening the polls about five minutes later everybody's voted and then on the news they'll put 
the vote. Oh, it was eight to four to the Republican or it was six to six or whatever the total was at a little Dixville notch. So I'm, I'm glad that New Hampshire is striking a blow for freedom and Adam for states rights. That's very important as well. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Lynn Shaw. Joe Biden issued this executive order about AI, artificial intelligence, and it was all about it's a national security threat. You know, tech companies, they all came out of the woodwork and they're applauding this executive order, this new regulation, which is seeking to govern how our federal government will use AI and establish guidelines for companies building new models. But what about the children? What about AI and CSAM, child sexual abuse material? I am not convinced our government is doing anything because this executive order does not mention children. All I have to say about that is so far with the internet, can't even control what's happening now with all of these platforms and children and safety. How are they going to control this AI, this artificial intelligence? Lynn Shaw on TNT Radio. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. The conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jason Shepard is the founder of Wimkin Social Media. He's an entrepreneur and free speech advocate who has launched numerous social media platforms to provide alternatives to combat big tech censorship. Jason held numerous IT leadership positions in major corporate healthcare before leaving the industry after observing irregularities in COVID-19 testing and government reporting protocols. He founded Wimkin Social Media in August of 2020, and in May 2021, partnered with Newsmax host Wendy Bell and Wendy Bell Radio to develop an app to keep her free from censorship. Despite being banned from Apple and Google Play's app stores in January of 2021, although being number one on both stores and after receiving multiple subpoenas by the House Select Committee on the January 6th event, Jason has grown Wimkin to over 9 million users. He has since created a TikTok alternative named Realster and a YouTube alternative aptly named Truthleak. Jason is a staunch defender of the Constitution and freedom of speech. 
He's an advocate for election integrity and a philanthropist, donating a large percentage of platform profits to victims of child sex trafficking and organizations that prevent the same. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning, Jason Shepard. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Jason, I let off the show tonight talking about how we, the people, are in a pickle because we don't know what's true and we don't even know who we can trust to tell us what's true. We've got psyops being run both on the left and the right, psyops by the white hats and the black hats. We've got foreign actors running psyops. We've got domestic actors running psyops. It's really hard to separate truth from fiction. And yet in that environment, we've got calls for censoring disinformation. And the question is who gets to decide what is misinformation and what is true? Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible question right there. I mean, with the Digital Services Act, first and foremost, when you have Thierry Breton um, from the European Union, you know, trying to find Elon Musk uh, and, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, 10% of their global annual revenue, someone's got to be able to come up and say, hey, who's the person that's actually qualified enough to do this, first and foremost? What are those qualifications? And how do you actually define mis, dis, and malinformation? I mean, it, it's it's almost you can't answer it. I mean, to be quite honest with you, there's there's no possible way for anybody to actually be qualified because who's to say you can't have your own opinion on something? Well, there's that. Plus, who's to say that what might not be true in Europe is true in the United States or in Australia or in Canada or someplace else? And, you know, we joke, but it's not really a joke. You, the best way to tell whether something is true is if the government tells you it's false. Literally, everything the government told us about COVID-19 was a lie, and everything that they said was a lie has turned out to be true. Yeah, you aren't kidding about that. And then, you know, legitimately, if you really want to get into censorship and misinformation, you still have Rachel Maddow, you still have, you know, everyone from MSNBC, CNBC, CNN. If you recall, in the beginning of the vaccination rollout, that, you know, anybody who got the COVID shot the vaccination would not spread COVID, would not get COVID. Now, if that's not mis mal and disinformation, you know, defined uh, because that's completely untrue, yet it still exists. You know, what is and how do you change this? And you hit it on the head, Tim, that uh, legitimately, most of what the government says is certainly not true. Uh, it, you know, and it's it's really up to the people to become their own fact checkers. And, um, you know, Facebook certainly has their opinion checkers, which they admitted in Congress. But, you know, it's it's a scary time. I mean, these are draconian roles. And every time I do an interview like this on the subject, I, I attribute this to, you know, the opening of a sci-fi movie where individuals are, you know, not able to speak what they want. There's going to be ramifications. They're going to, you know, the ramifications will turn, quickly turn into punishment. And, you know, we are just, we're going down a fine line that it, it's uncharted territory. I mean, we had, you know, the McCarthy era, obviously, with blacklisting writers and things. You know, and <laughs> we're talking about just doing this to to regular people that aren't in the media. I mean, this is social media. This is, you know, just, you know, regular Joe and Jane out there that just want to tell what they think. And they're not going to be able to do that. They're not. And it's getting even scarier. Brendan Carr, one of the FCC commissioners, put out a letter today talking about the rules that the Biden administration wants FCC to implement. 
It's literally going to decide who the winners and losers are among internet provider companies. It's going to be the most intrusive regulation in United States history. It's pulling under FCC regulation companies that have absolutely nothing to do with communications, construction companies, landlords. It's it's really government run wild. Yeah. I mean, you, you again hit that on the head. I mean, when people don't realize what this does and affects, you know, everyday life, it's, it's completely scary. I mean, you know, the one thing I I don't want to do here is sit and, you know, scare your listeners, but at the same time, you almost have to, because the only way to really, you know, make a change in this aspect is to get people first and foremost aware of it because they're already censoring what you can and can't see, you know, whatever doesn't fit their narrative certainly is uh, not going to be allowed to be shown. So um, it, it's something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, it, it's really sad because when you really get into this, the programming in schools, you know, it's almost like, you know, us as adults here, we're going to, we want to try to make a, a difference in our children's lives, let them know, Hey, this is happening and you have to be aware of this, but, you know, curriculum and, and the fact that teachers don't want parents involved in the, you know, their, their kids education. It, it's, it, it, it's really on every single level that we are up against you know, again, a, a tyrannical role. It is. And it's beyond parent not wanting parents to be involved in their children's education. They're going to provide the child with, quote unquote, health care, gender affirming care, meaning they're going to yeah. chemically castrate them with hormones or provide them with an abortion in the parents don't know. This is literally a playbook out of 1930s Germany, and it's only about to get worse. Stay with us through the news and we'll talk about some possible solutions. You're listening on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. I have some exciting news. TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli soldiers have stormed Gaza City's main hospital to root out the Hamas terrorists they say are hiding beneath the medical facility in an underground command center. The UK Supreme Court has ruled the government's controversial Rwanda policy is unlawful. Only hours after outgoing Home Secretary Suella Braverman said there was no credible Plan B. A petition calling for a guarantee of cash and banking services in Australia has received more than 150,000 signatures since its launch in late March by Jason Bryce from Cash Welcome. Do you have a suggestion for a possible guests you'd like to hear on TNT Radio, or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss, then we want to hear from you. Simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT Radio website. Help us make a difference on TNT Radio. Jason, the only way out of this situation we're in is to vote our way out, but we can't even trust that the elections are straight, right? Between the ballot stuffing, between the early voting, the mail-in ballots that were never folded and put into an envelope and yet are still counted, the online activity, we've got our registration, voter registration files being sent over to a university in China. We've got Italy involved. And these are all provable things that happened in 2020 and 2022. But one of the most corrosive activities forms of election interference was how Facebook and Twitter were used, funded by outside entities to interfere in our elections by the use of propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, we we certainly I think all of us knew what was going on, even though if it wasn't confirmed. But, you know, essentially, when we actually did uh, Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk worked on the Twitter files and released those, 
you know, it showed that the FBI actually had residency in Twitter's offices. I mean, and they were getting paid, I believe it was as much as a million dollars a month from the FBI to have access to, you know, throttle and thwart anything that went against, you know, all these administrations. And then I thought we were getting somewhere, Tim, to where um, when Judge Dowdy ruled in favor, saying that um, the Biden administration, you know, had absolutely, you know, violated First Amendment rights on, you know, of Americans and others, to be honest with you, that were actually trying to reach Americans. But, um, you know, when they were censoring posts and contacting the executives in these, you know, these large social media companies and big tech and saying, hey, we don't like what this person is saying, take this down. They never had the right to do that. And it did get shot down somewhat in the Supreme Court, but some of that is actually still upheld at this point in time. So um, that was a good win for us, but we have to keep putting that pressure on. We have to keep filing lawsuits like this to actually make a dent in what they're planning on doing. And certainly we must win in 2024 or else we have no chance. That's absolutely correct. I mean, the left and including the Republican Party wants to return us to a monarchy with the monarch residing in in Brussels, Belgium. They want the global one world government. And if they get their permanent majorities, I mean, that's what they're doing with the jungle primary out in California. It's always a Democrat running against a Democrat for any state office. If, if they get that in other states, if they get what they're looking for with the FCC regulation, with uh, election uh, results never being investigated, I'm afraid we're going to have permanent Democrat rule and we are going to be under an effective monarchy. Yeah, I, again, I agree with you 100% there as well. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be an echo chamber here, but you're making great points. But, um, you know, and let's just add one to that. You know, these 600,000 gotaways that we see at the border, where do you think they're going to be, you know, voting? You know, certain first and foremost, you know, Texas is obviously generally always going to be red. There's no doubt about that. But when you start getting, you know, this influx of, of migrants in, you know, I am one that believes that these people are getting voting cards as soon as they cross that border. And when people say that, you know, they're gotaways or, you know, um, ICE is working with them, ICE is under the Biden administration right now. And obviously, we all know what Mayorkas has been doing, um, and which is pretty much nothing at this point. But, you know, I'm, I'm really fearful that these individuals are going to have, you know, very uh, uh, legitimate chances to actually hurt this election in, you know, voting for Democrats. Well, I think that's the plan. There's a reason why they're shipping these people to all 50 states. And this isn't a lack of compassion, but you're either a nation of laws or not. You either have a border or you don't. This is the how they subvert the United States by using our electoral system against us. And they do it by flooding the zone. And you're right. It's got to stop. What can people do besides going to Wimkin.com? and creating an account going to the apple or google play store and downloading the app and creating an account what can they do well i i really think one of the first things you know free speech is the foundation to change there's no doubt about that it was the foundation of the united states and they have to seek out an app it doesn't have to be wimkin of course we would love to have them there because wimkin has a fantastic interface you know it's like facebook meets twitter or x i still can't get used to x yeah neither can i <laughs> it meets X and then, you know, you have, um, you, you, you have, uh, obviously some other ones out there like Gab is still good. Um, but you know, we saw with now true socials in some serious trouble, you know, with, um, you know, what's going on here with, uh, 
you know, essentially they're, they're $73 million in debt. So um, right. a lot wrong there. So, but do they have to find a place to actually start to be able to learn and hear what is not, you know, what is the government wants you to hear 100% because you hit that on the head. You said what the government says is just not true. And I think a lot of people are, are very much, you know, uh, awakened to that at this right, at this point right now. Right. I think you're right. But the reason I say we're in a pickle is because you've got people and most of them, quite frankly, I think are purporting to be on the right. I don't think they're on the right. I think there's a lot of honey traps out there. I think there's a lot of charismatic individuals that are trying to draw people to their quote unquote cause and then, you know, make them act crazy. And so that the left can say, see, look at all those crazy people. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that yeah. going on, too. So for the regular Jane and Joe six pack that just wants to know what's going on, we're in a minefield, aren't we? There's no doubt about that. I mean, we it, and the, the sad part is we have under a year now to get this done. You know, we, we just worked with Scott Pressler to try to win some of these off year um, elections here. And, and we're in Pennsylvania, which is obviously a, a major swing state in every single election. And. You know, we saw some movement, um, especially in Allegheny County, which is where Pittsburgh is and we're headquartered to where, you know, we've never had a Republican county executive. And, you know, we actually only over 400,000 votes, only about 8,000 separated the Democratic Socialist from the Republican candidate. So, you know, we made a really big dent there. And yeah, it's a great thing. um, The fact that actually we did we able to show that because. If we can do that, if we can do that well in you know November of 2024, we should be able to carry the state in almost every single office that we need to, certainly the president of the United States. Well, let's hope so. Pennsylvania is the keystone state in our great republic. And I, I might I might urge you to check the voter rolls. If you've got a Punxsutawney Phil registered, you might want to delete that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've had some serious fraud here, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, that has to stop, obviously. The mail-in voting, Republicans have to get on board with at some point in time um, because that's where they're beating us from. And they start, you know, in Pennsylvania, you can, you can vote, I believe it's as much as five months early, if I'm not mistaken. So we saw that's that what insane. happened with Fetterman because they hit his throat. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong about that. I, I think it might be 150 days, but that actually is five months. So that's actually correct. But, yeah. um, you know, at this point in time, though, you know, we saw what happened. Fetterman would not have got voted in if they would have actually not if everyone hadn't voted in, in you know, 150 days early. So, um, you um, know, they hid his uh, condition. They had all that happen. So, I mean, they're, they're very smart. Let, let's be honest here. You know, you could say anything you want about Democrats. I mean, you literally can because pretty much all of it's true. Well, but we have to give them credit. They are smart and they do know how to certainly cheat and they certainly also know how to win elections and uh we have to do something here and we have to stand up and we have to get this right you're absolutely correct democrats are smart they're ruthless and they stick together and i envy that uh but we can't have unity just for unity's sake we've got to have unity with a purpose we've got to have unity in favor of the constitution jason shepherd can't thank you enough good luck with wimpkin look forward to having you back on the reckoning absolutely thank you guys so much keep doing what you're doing because You're a very important voice in what we're all trying to accomplish. Thanks so much. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, another big climate meeting is coming up. This one is, what, COP28? And apparently its report is a real doozy. I can only imagine. But here's the crazy question. 
If it's COP28, is the planet in better shape as far as old growing food economically overall than it was 28 years ago or whenever the first one was? So what is all the panic about? Here in the United States, the Weather Channel, I don't know why they're calling themselves the Weather Channel anymore, just call yourself the Global Warming Channel, is explaining that things are really getting out of control here in the United States. So naturally, I put on the map of where all the weather stations are around the world, and they're currently 0.16 Fahrenheit above normal. The United States has had no significant heating in the last 25 years, and yet we hear that we are warming up 60% faster than everyone else. Now, where the heck does that come from, given the bulk of the warm is up in the Arctic. But this is the kind of stuff you're getting. And the problem is that the population is simply being bombarded with it in a consistent fashion and there's very low resistance. So what's the moral of the story? Well, I've always told you I have deep spiritual roots and a deep belief in God. And every night I thank God for TNT and him letting me be the climate and weather watchdog. This is meteorologist Joe Bastardi, TNT's Climate and Weather Watchdog, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Need a ride? Yeah! Driving with kids is a big responsibility. Hop in and buckle up! So don't sweat the small stuff. You got paint all over our paper! Get the big stuff right instead. What does that mean? Like making sure your kids are in the correct car seat and buckled up for safer travel. That deserves a wiggly wiggly wig. To make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Lori Buckhout is a retired U.S. Army colonel and decorated combat commander who followed a long line of combat veterans into the military, including her infantry colonel father, her Army Air Corps flight nurse mother, her grandfather, her uncles, and multiple other relatives. Lori's military awards include the Distinguished Service Medal, the Bronze Star, as well as the Combat Action Badge and the Parachutist Badge. Lori's husband, Paul, is a West Point graduate and Army Infantry Airborne Ranger. He's also retired from a family of combat veterans stretching back to the French and Indian War. Colonel Buckhout attended James Madison University on an ROTC scholarship and was commissioned a second lieutenant in the Army Signal Corps in 1984 and spent the next 26 years in assignments around the world, including commanding an 800-person battalion task force as part of the initial spearhead attack into Iraq in 2003. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree from James Madison University, a Master of Military Arts and Science in National Military Strategy, and a Master's of Science in Information Management from Webster University. Retiring from the Army in 2010, she founded her own business, Corvus Consulting, a strategic consulting and services group specializing in electronic warfare and cyberspace operations, which she grew to over $43 million in value in less than seven years. Colonel Buckout has extensive experience working with federal and congressional organizations on legal, budgetary, and legislative matters. She's a committed constitutional conservative who proudly cast her first vote for Ronald Reagan in 1980 and is running for Congress in North Carolina's first congressional district. I'd like to welcome to the reckoning, Lori Buckout. Hey, thank you so much. Proud to be here. I'm hitting the campaign trail and very happy to take a minute off to, uh, to hang out with you all. Well, Colonel Buckhout, you and I have something in common. I consistently brag about having cast my first vote for Ronald Reagan, also in 1980. 
we've come a long way since those days, haven't we? Yeah, in good ways and bad, right? And North Carolina's first congressional district has changed over the years as well. What are you finding it to look like today? Well, it is enormous. They just uh, did some redistricting and we are now 22 counties uh, stretching halfway across the state on the northern part of the state and then dipping down towards the center. Um, and then, of course, out to the east coast, encompassing uh, uh, part of the Outer Banks. Um, so uh, it's a huge district. It actually accounts for one quarter of North Carolina's uh, territory. Um, and North Carolina more. is not a small state. No, it is a big state. But more importantly, though, it has been... Uh, uh, historically, this district has Democrat for over 100 years, and um, it has uh, been redistricted and now includes some areas that put us out to maybe a 50-50 or even a few points up on the Republican side. So um, we are going to take it. We're very excited about it. Well, we're excited for you. My partner, Brooke McGowan, is just outside Charlotte. She's unfortunately can't vote for you, but we would like to offer you our MAGA Institute certification as an America First candidate. We've looked at your uh, positions, we've looked at your business record, and we think you're exactly the person that North Carolina needs in its first congressional district. So we're proud to certify you as one of our America First candidates in 2024. I would be so proud to accept that and uh, appreciate that. Um, you know, I've lived a uh, a thoroughly conservative life, as I'm sure you have, too. Uh, you know, once you vote for Ronald Reagan, um, I think your moral compass is pretty much set and your uh, philosophical compass is pretty much set um, on America first. So uh, I definitely appreciate uh, that certification. And one of the things that I find ironic is how the Democrats always want to district around race. And <laughs> President, I, I've said this, I've been involved in politics. My first campaign was 1968. I was six years old, leafleting with my dad door to door. I actually ran a group of little ruffians that was in charge of leafleting in the 72 election when I was 10. I was, I was 10, so I was old enough to supervise. But, you know, I was a little Alex P. Keaton. It's been following politics literally my entire life. And I've always said it's going to take something huge, but we need to get black Americans back in the Republican Party. And then the Republican Party has to welcome them and realize that we need to be the party of small business. We need to be the party of entrepreneurship. Race doesn't matter. Dividing people on race never works. And now we have Donald Trump getting indicted. And with each indictment, his vote total in the black community and all the polls has increased to the point where now among black men, he's leading Joe Biden head to head, 53 to 47. So I, I think these redistricting efforts based on race might actually blow up in the Democrats' face. <laughs> I agree. Isn't it a beautiful thing? You know what? I mean, Americans are not racist. No matter, Americans aren't racist, no matter how badly the left is trying to paint us on this. And it's, uh, and it's just exhausting. But I'll tell you, as a former military person, uh, race is truly something you are not seeing. Um, we just don't see color, you know. In the military, you see khaki, you see green, you see olive drab, but you do not see skin color. You're all fighting 
So anyway, yeah, it, it is it is one of those things. It's sort of sweet to see it blow up because it's been so silly and intentional in the first place, right? Yeah, and, you know, we're talking about North Carolina here. The real division is between state and UNC. The real division is whether <laughs> you go with a tomato base, a mustard base, or a vinegar-based barbecue sauce. Base, vinegar base. <laughs> Absolutely. I knew you'd say vinegar. That's my favorite as well. Although yeah. I do like I do like the mustard now and again. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? You might uh you might get a smack if you say that down here too much. Well, oh, I, I'll only say it when we're trending down towards South Carolina. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you so much about um uh, the race-based politics and the uh, redistricting and the efforts to divide Americans. Americans don't see race. Americans really do love each other and love country. And it's so exciting to see people get past that and focus on the real issues. Now, how are you getting your message out? 22 counties, one quarter of North Carolina's landmass. You're literally, your congressional district is literally bigger than the state of Delaware and the state of Rhode Island. I know. I know. I mean, it's insane. But um, I will tell you that we've been hitting the road hard, running, we're leveraging social media. So I just got in the race last month and um, we are hitting the uh, the airwaves and digital marketing and radio um, hard uh, in about a week or so. So um, the word's getting out pretty darn quick. I'm meeting a lot of folks who are like, oh, I heard about you. We do have a, a local radio personality who's much beloved. And uh, Henry Hinton on Talk of the Town, um, and he's uh, broadcasting out of uh, Greenville, and he is very much beloved. And I've been on his show, and I'm going to be on his show again Friday morning. Fantastic. What have you seen in traveling the district? Because as you mentioned, there's some parts of it are in the Outer Banks, which for folks that don't know, are the barrier islands, the sandy barrier islands that lie a mile or so off the coast of North Carolina and in some places a few miles uh, down toward Nags Head. And you've got the inner banks, what they're calling the inner banks, which is the, the coastal areas inside the outer banks. And then, but you reach almost down to the Charlotte area. Are you noticing different attitudes and different priorities in, in the various communities that you're looking to serve? Well, honestly, not that much because people are just mad as hell about this economy. They're furious about the spending. The, you know, they're furious about Biden's endless government overreach. Uh, our North Carolina Gem General Assembly just did wonderful things and they have a veto proof majority down there. So they overrode uh, 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 Roy Cooper's, Governor Roy Cooper's um, vetoes on some things like, for instance, um, the parental rights. So you have a right to know what your students are being taught or what your children are being taught in school. Uh, and another one is school choice, where funding follows the student rather than going directly to the institutions. So public schools, you know, this is a good competitive environment and, you know, capitalists love that sort of thing. And it's actually good for everyone. It raises, uh, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. So we expect our public schools to get better. But they didn't just give um, money to have the money follow the student for education. They also upped uh, school budgets and gave teachers a raise. So That's um, so Repu important. Yeah, Republicans are the true advocates for education down here. And um, that's what I see across all this district is uh, concerns about the economy. We're worried about our kids. We want to close the border. Um, those are huge. We want our military to be strong again and not woke. 
So these are very common themes that everyone cares about. I think you're right. Any patriotic American is all going to care about those same issues. You not only had a successful military career, not just anybody gets to be a colonel, but you had phenomenal success in business as well. And I'm interested that it was in electronic warfare and cyberspace operations, because tonight's theme has been that we, the people, are in a pickle because we've got psyops from being run on the left and psyops being run on the right, psyops being run internationally against us and psyops being run domestically against us. And how can people find out or figure out what's true other than saying if the government said it, the exact opposite is true, which is what we learned during COVID? Well, unfortunately, um, you said something so important. Uh, I think the biggest assault on America right now is coming from the fact we have a dishonest media. You know, the mainstream media is very dishonest. Um, people have to go through a variety of um, media content. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, TNT, um, you know, everything, Fox News, uh, Sean Hannity, basically everything that you can watch to glean some facts. And it's going to take an educated populace. Uh, the left do not like having an educated populace. You know, they like everyone fat, dumb and happy and sucking the hose of the mainstream media. So it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of facts to get out there from a variety of sources. It is because people on the left that I've talked with, they seem to be, you know, we talk about water repellent clothing. They seem to be fact repellent, right? Facts literally just roll right off them like water off a duck's back. I had a conversation with an Uber driver in Burlington, Vermont, and I asked him what was going on in Burlington. Haven't been in town for a couple of decades. What What's going on lately? And he said, well, we got a big homeless problem and uh, the drugs and violence have really kind of peaked in the last two years. And I said, really, what's causing that? And he said, well, we've made it attractive for the homeless. We give them housing and, and food and, and health care and whatnot. I'm an avowed liberal. But, you know, that's what we're doing. And we voted a couple of years ago to defund the police. And that just led to a big increase in illegal drugs and violence. And I said, OK, I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm not trying to be contentious. I genuinely want to know the answer. At what point is the social pain that you're experiencing going to cause you to change your voting habits? And he said, never. Without missing a beat, he said, never. So you can't argue with someone like that. You can't present them facts and and show them why they're wrong because they don't care. What we need to do is try to make as few people as possible think that way. And the only way right. to do it is to tell stories about that guy to other people and get them to see how crazy that viewpoint is and hopefully get them to start voting their own interests. I'm America first because it's not because I hate Canada and I hate Mexico. I love my country. Let the Canadians be Canadian, Canada first. Let the Mexicans be Mexico first. I think we'd have a much better world if people started taking care of home plate before they started worrying about other things. Well, you said a mouthful. You really did. But I'll tell you, I think there's one other way to get that out, and that is to... Um, we need to get back in the schools. We need to gain control of the schools. The leftists have been doing a whole lot with it. And just people have been looking the other way. Uh, and parents need to get back in the schools. State legislatures need to uh, grant more parental rights and grant more school choice. And I think that's going to help a lot. 
I think it will, as will pulling CRT and DEI out of schools, both at the elementary, the secondary, and the collegiate level. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And let's, you know, just as a cherry on top, let's start teaching civics again. I think we were among the last generation that actually took civics. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's amazing how many people do not understand their constitutional rights today. And you and I as Reaganites are certainly constitutional conservatives. And it's just astonishing how many folks don't know their rights. They don't understand when government is encroaching upon theirs. And it's critical to bring that back. It really is. And you said it, the Democrats want people fat, dumb and happy and and just uh, living off the government teat. A friend of mine is a bankruptcy attorney out in South Dakota, and he said what he has seen among the personal bankruptcy clients he has over the last 10 years, he's seen a phenomenal increase in the number of people that are on government assistance. I know. I know. You know, we just had Medicaid expansion down here in North Carolina. And well, it's good for some people, and it actually took some of the burden off the state to provide uh, uh, some of the health care, you know, that got ramped up during the COVID, the, you know, the COVID craziness. Um, one of the major problems is that a lot of illegal aliens are going to be accessing it because they just need a few documents that they're getting at the border. Then they can access Medicaid, then they can access housing, they get $2,500 a month. I mean, they're going to be doing better than a bunch of our citizens are. It's unbelievable. And like I said, things have got to change very quickly. We've got about a minute left. What makes Don Davis vulnerable? Why do the people of North Carolina uh, first congressional district need to make the change to Colonel Lori Buckout? Well, unfortunately, Don is a nice guy, but votes with the crazies. So I'll give you an example. There was recently a bill that he sponsored that um, turned out to get some uh, bipartisan support. And the Democrats in Congress were so angry that Republicans supported it. They made Don vote against it. His own bill. Wow. I guess that says it all. Colonel Lori Buckout, good luck in your race. We're proud to have you as a MAGA Institute certified America first candidate. Go to LaurieBuckoutForCongress.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E-B-U-C-K-H-O-U-T. And check her out on social media at Lori Buckout. Lori, good luck. Please keep us surprised at how the campaign is going, and we'd love to have you back here on The Reckoning. My pleasure. Thank you so much again. Y'all have a great night. Thanks so much. That's it for tonight's Reckoning. As I said at the start, we're in a pickle. I don't have the answers. I'm just pointing out the problem, raising the, asking the questions. You need to ask them too. We're glad that you trust us here at TNT Radio. I think you'll find a wide variety of viewpoints if you listen to uh, shows all day long and into the evening. And we are committed to bringing you the truth as we understand it ourselves. Stay tuned on TNT for the Havorier Morris Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.